Once again, Sports Counterpoints Podcast is good to be back. It's February 2nd, 2022, 22222. Uh, we're back here. Cool. Brian, what's up, guys? Hey. Back on the show. Um, good to be back. As always, been doing this pretty regular, so that's good. Today's show, we're talking about uh, last week's NFC Championship and AFC Championship. We'll talk about the NFL coaching tree and, um, or that I should say not coaching tree, but actually like the coaching hires. And then also uh, Brian Flores and the lawsuit he brought against the NFL relating to those coaching hires. So starting with the NFL, let's start with the, let's start with the AFC. Uh, Cause I think that's where the games went. So bank Cincinnati Bengals, Kansas city chiefs. What, what are you guys thinking, man? Well, I'll go on this one. Uh, actually B, no, you watched the actual whole game. You go on it. Yeah. How about them Bengals? <laughs> so, yeah, go ahead. Um, so, well, I, I got it right by picking the spread, but I even said that I thought, you know, I thought Kansas City yeah. might be able to pull it out, and it was just a matter of whether or not they win. But point being, how about them Bengals? Look, I'm surprised to see that they were able to do what they were able to do. Um, and, and the reason that they were able to win, just, they played well, and they deserved to win that football game. But the reason that they won that football game had nothing to do with them. It had everything to do with whoever that guy wearing Patrick Mahomes jersey was um, throwing the ball anywhere but to the guys that he would normally throw it to. Um, anyways, congratulations to the Bengals. They played great. Mixon looked good. He looked solid. We talked, Jason, you and I have been talking about that. You know, having Mixon establish the run game was a really important thing. Getting four yards of carry, getting 88 yards over um, the course of the game. He was also... Uh, got three yards for 27, uh, 27 uh, yards, which brought him over 100 yards total. Um, you know, Burrow had a, a very solid game with two uh, touchdowns, one interception. It wasn't outstanding, but he played well, and he did what you need to do as a young quarterback playing on uh, a playoff team, not screw it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other side of the ball, look, you know, Mahomes, I kind of feel like he was just trying to do too much. I think he came into that game – with the understanding that if they were going to win, it was going to be because he was great. And so he was looking for greatness instead of the open guy. Um, so there was a couple of times, there was a play where three guys were wide open and he had, um, he had Tyreek Hill across the middle. He had Kelsey kind of off to the other side. And then he had a deep guy. I think it was Pringle. And instead of taking two wide open guys for 20, 25 yard gains and first downs, he went deep, missed the pass by a little for whatever reason. And that was just kind of the story of it. He would force balls into to Tyreek. He'd force balls into Kelsey. Of course, they're great. And of course, they're able to do lots of things. But the end result was two interceptions that were at critical times um, that were sacks because he was holding on the ball for, you know, six and a half hours before he would, he would, he would find an open player. The end result was he did too much, tried to do too much. He got caught. He ended up losing the game by three. Um, but it was, a, you know, it was a good football game, not a great one. Um, continued on watching the, the, the this playoffs has been just outstanding. And congratulations to the Bengals. Uh, I did not see them getting to the Super Bowl this year in, in, in Burrow's first full year. Uh, but I, I have thought that they were going to be a really good team in, now and going forward at least until Burrow gets his mega deal because no quarterback making $30 million a year is going to win a Super Bowl. 
by the way, Mahomes starts making over $30 million a year next year. So say goodbye to the end of KC's reign. Jason? Uh, no, that was good, Brian. Uh, I didn't watch the actual game. I watched nothing of the game. I was repping at the time, but I did catch some highlight. Well, I actually watched the game with uh, highlights, probably maybe 15 minutes of it, but just the, just the plays. And what stood out to me was, number one, Mahomes, like you said, um, just just doing too much. Uh, you know, I just think if he maybe just play a little bit more basic, you know, he he have been okay, but he's, he's very talented. And to me, there are times he just tries to do way too much. I think he kind of tricked off the game for them, but also got to give credit to Cincinnati's defense as well. Uh, they held Kansas City in the second half and overtime to only a field goal. And I don't know who, you know, who's done that the last, since Mahomes has been there. I mean, that's an outstanding job for them. Got to give credit. I, I got to give a lot of credit to Cincinnati because it's really hard to win in this league with a bad offensive line. But for some reason, somehow Joe Burrow is doing it. I think that's a, I think that's an aspect of the game that I don't think people are actually looking at. That offensive line is really not that good, but Joe Burrow is just making that thing work with the pieces that he has. And you can tell that team really believes in him. Uh, when you have a quarterback, man, it just um, just helps your, your team out so much because it can cover weaknesses that your team has if you just have that guy at quarterback. And it seems like he is that guy. I know, Brian, you you was on him from, from the jump. And uh, I never thought he was bad. I just was like, man, he's going to Cincinnati. I don't think that career is going to, going to take off too well. And it looks like his career is off to a fine start going to the Super Bowl, win or lose. So like you, uh, I only got the total right. I thought it was going to go under. It barely went under 51. It was a 54 and a half. But I thought this was going to be a blowout for KC. It looked good early. That's why I said that's one of the reasons why I didn't want to watch. I said, you know what, well, they're going to take care of business. And the next thing I know is a lot of people shouting bangles. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, GB, what you think? Did you watch the game? We add one thing before we go to you, Glenn. Um, I really thought that the, T- the Bengals had a great game plan. They knew that the, they're going to the defense was going to try and take away Chase, and they still got the ball to him six times. But they knew how to beat the defense by going to another guy. And T. Higgins stepped up. You didn't know if it was going to be you know Tyler Boyd or or someone else, and T. Higgins stepped up. Six catches, 103 yards. Um, that's a smart game plan. You know that they're going to focus on trying to take away your, your star uh, wide receiver instead of, you know, trying to force that with a young quarterback, which would have led to more picks. As a matter of fact, the one pick he threw was on a, a forced ball to, to Jamar Chase. They went someplace else and that worked out well. Sorry, Glenn, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I think T. Higgins went to Clemson too. So he's used to playing in big games. So, so yeah. Go ahead, GB. Yeah, no, they, um, I, th- I mean, I think you guys, hit it on the head uh like you said what i think about too is how many times joe burrow's gotten sacked even just in his playoff run and it's still you know he's he's maintained and he's made some some great passes under that duress um which is awesome like you said about this in this game yeah and there was i mean i think they have like 11 or something crazy in the game before but something insane but he um he was he was just on top of it man to be a young dude he's, he's pretty cool you know joe burr so Shout out to him. Um, the Chiefs kind of this year have definitely been on that. I think like you, you hit it on the head, Jason, like just doing too much. It's just like obvious plays you could make that, you know, that I think of the, at the end of the half, they had the ball on like the three yard line yeah. like, with a chance to go up, you know, they're already up 21, three or whatever it was with a chance to go up even more. Right. So at least you're going to get a field goal. We all know that from playing Madden, Pop Warner, whatever. And the play they call has Tyreek go to the flat. Now, okay. I understand Tyreek, you, normally would score 
and Eli Apple actually makes the tackle, which probably is the that definitely the best uh, play of his career for by far. But um, it just like it just showed like there that was just inept. Like when I was watching, I was watching with mom. Shout out to mom, um, and we were just both looking at each other like, why would they do that? Like why would you do this now? Take the three at least. Like you get it in the end zone or throw it away and take the three. And they throw it to Tyreek and the time runs out. It just was stuff like that that was just foolish to me. So Bengals have been on their grind, man. For they've been hot. They got hot at the right time and they're in the, in the Super Bowl. So shout out to them. Um, the other game, a little bit, a little bit more important to you, I'm sure, Coop. But uh, it was also, you know, a lot of what you'd said throughout the years or throughout the year as far as kind of how the game went. So. What do you guys think about the, the Rams and the Niners from L.A.? So, first of all, I have to say that most Niners, I would say 90% of Niner fans that I know, we weren't upset about this game. We know we've been living on borrowed time uh, the entire playoffs. And, you know, what I've said about Jimmy G, you know, people call me, some people call me a Jimmy G hater. It's like I'm not a hater. I just. No, because you used to like him. I was about to say that's new. Yeah. We'll, get, we'll get to that later. I but I, you know, I like with guys if you don't produce. But. In seven playoff games, I mean, it, there, there are games sometimes, fellas, and, you know, I've, I've told you this, the quarterback is going to have to win you the game. You can't rely on the running game. We can't rely on the defense. The running game would only have, what, 50 yards rushing against the Rams. The Rams are smart. They shut down the run and said Jimmy G beat us. Seven playoff games. Jimmy G, 962 yards. That's 137 yards passing per playoff game. Total of four touchdowns and six interceptions in seven playoff games. His last two drives, I mean, they were horrible. One for six, negative three yards, and an interception. The fourth quarter against the Rams, horrible. Three for 11, 36 yards and a pick. Super Bowl fourth quarter, three for nine, 30 yards, an interception. It's like he's just not that guy. When you need a, a, a him to make plays, he's just not that guy. And I've noticed that for a minute already. And now people are starting to notice that he's a capable and serviceable quarterback when things are going well. But if you need him, he just doesn't come through. And the main thing they want to talk about, he's 35 and 16 as a starter. That's fine. But as I've told you guys, I've told many people, the NFL is not about winning games. The NFL is about winning big games. It's about when things break down, can you make plays and deliver? And Garoppolo just shows he hasn't, you know, he hasn't the ability to, to do that. Um, I have to give him some blame for this loss, but also have to give a lot of blame also to uh, Kyle Shanahan as well. Uh, he's lost games this, this way, you know, since the Super Bowl season. He's always losing games like this from going away from what's worked or from not taking what the defense gives him. And he consistently ran the ball in the eight, nine-man fronts instead of, you know, doing some bootlegs or something to get a receiver open for Jimmy to throw. And the Rams were just shutting that down uh, three times. Uh, the four hours like fourth and one, fourth and two or something on the Rams uh, side of the field. Each time he punted the ball, what, first time 97 yard touchdown drive next a 46 yard, you know, um, I guess drive, but it was a loss on downs. The next one was a 63 yard drive that ended in field goals, a field goal. Now you said that's three possessions, only 10 points, but the problem is the defense was on the field for 42 plays. So when you got Shanahan being conservative in the fourth quarter, I mean, the third and the second half, actually, the defense has been on the field for so long, the defense is going to get ate up, and that's what happened. The Rams are just consistently going down the field, and, you know, Shanahan, I mean, 29 offensive possessions this year in the playoffs, only four touchdowns. I mean, this the, the, the lack of offense has to fall on Kyle Shanahan. Um, so I blame him the most for this loss, him and Jimmy G. And the, I don't think the Rams even played well, to be perfectly honest with you. No, they didn't. Uh, 
I just think the 49ers just played worse. Uh, two, the, two, the 49ers, two best players, Kittle and Debo. Kittle, Kittle only had one target uh, after the 49ers went up 17-7 for the rest of the game. And Debo only had one target. Uh, well, actually, he didn't have any targets after uh, 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter. So, you know, they just pretty much blew it. They, they could have took the game, but, you know, they blew it. The Rams, on the other hand, got to talk about them. This actually justifies, this win justifies all of their offseason moves. It justifies getting Stafford. It justifies getting them OBJ. And even though Von Miller's kind of washed, washed up, it justifies uh, bringing him on the team as well. But it also justifies the, what the 49ers did by trading three first-round picks for Trey Lance because they knew what kind of quarterback Jimmy G was. And if you want to get over that hump or you need something special from a quarterback, they know that he can't provide it. Hopefully Trey Lance will. He has the skills, but it'll be his first year starting next year. We'll see. But I think this loss... To, to the Rams justified everything the 49ers did in the offseason. And, uh, you know, the Rams won the game. They're going to the Super Bowl. I'm not going to get my Super Bowl pick now. That's next week. But, uh, but B, what you think about the game? So let me start about talking about the, uh, the GM of the year, which is the Los, Los Angeles Rams GM. The other thing that the, – the other move that they made was a week ago they signed Eric Weddle, who led the team in tackles. <laughs> I mean, how do you, you – how do you write that script? Take a guy out of retirement – I, I think we were joking about it yesterday. If Eric Weddle ends up uh, having to be isolated against Debo Samuel, you're in trouble, right? Um, that didn't actually come to fruition. Looking at the game, so here's a couple of things. If, if we were talking about the, the playoff games for the 49ers, I think we would say the Cowboy game was their best game. The Packer game, they survived. And then in this game, they lost. So it's no surprise when you go back and you look at the number of rushes in the Cowboy game, 38, the number of rushes in the Packers game, 29, the number of rushes in this game, 20. And as they declined, the team played worse. You've been saying for a long time, we've all been saying for a long time, Garoppolo is not that quarterback, but the team has played exceptionally well in large part because they knew what they were good at and they continued to do it. That's pounding the ball and give it and creating easy opportunities for passes for Garoppolo because they were playing into the run, the run. They even used their best wide receiver Debo Samuel as a running back to force defenses to account for that up, up close, giving Garoppolo an opportunity to throw it a little bit over the top to guys like Kittle to Ayuk to, uh, and to Debo. And they didn't do any of that in this, this game. They didn't establish the run. You know, how do you have Elijah Mitchell only get 53 yards on 17 carries if you're establishing the run? Because every look that they gave was the exact same thing, straight up the middle into large, large rush. They didn't put it outside. They didn't go, they didn't, you know, throw it around. You know, they, they, even Debo Samuel was having to just run straight through a, an A gap, B gap type of situation. Um, anyways, I kind of knew this was coming but the reason I knew this was coming was just because I didn't think the 49ers were good enough to overcome Jimmy Garoppolo's shortcomings once you get to this point in the season teams are too good at capitalizing off of your mistakes and if team if you make a mistake they're going to capitalize it on that's just that's just kind of the way it works um on the Rams side I understand why you would say that they didn't play exceptionally well, but 337 yards in, in the championship game, pretty darn good for that quarterback um, whom, you know, a lot of our friends are not fans of, but absolutely, as you said, uh, Jason totally justifies uh, 
the decision to bring him in. Uh, later on in the season, jettison, getting rid of Deshaun Jackson and bringing in OBJ totally justifies that decision. Signing Eric Weddle last week when they needed uh, an extra body after too many injuries, justified. Um, Von Miller works out in a wash. You know, uh, he didn't really have a huge impact in the game. But the reason why you're okay with that is the team was taking all the shots. Some are going to miss, some are going to make. If someone said, hey, I'm going to shoot 75% from three, he'd be like, yeah, I'll take that. Um, and that's what they did. They took a whole bunch of long shots. And, and so we, we just named three of four that really paid off. Um, Cooper Cup is freaking amazing. Uh, there's just no other way to say it. Everybody on the field, everybody in the stands, everybody at home watching knew that the ball was going to go to Cooper Cup a whole lot and often. And yet he was still looking like he was wide open. I mean, how is it that that guy can run such a clean route where he's putting people on their back five yards off the line? It's incredible. Uh, he, he really, really is a next level wide receiver. Um, OBJ getting a hundred over a hundred yards for the first time since he was in the giants. Uh, was that, was, oh, no. So yeah, first time getting over a hundred yards since he was with Cleveland, right. When he started since the first time getting over a hundred yards in a playoff game, since he was with the giants, which was a loss. Um, just, just some very interesting and intriguing storylines for the Rams. And then of course the biggest storyline was they were playing at home at SoFi for, the championship for the opportunity to be the first football team to play in their home uh, field for a Super Bowl next week. All of that into a new stadium. I can tell you that the owners of the Rams and SoFi Stadium are uh, just overwhelmingly ecstatic. I talked to my buddy Matt, who works in Inglewood, and he can't wait until this whole thing is over. Mm. Um, <laughs> it is. It's a, it's a little bit much. He said. He said it's a, it's it's quite overwhelming. Um, just how many yeah. things are going on right there. Mm -hmm. And he works for the city. He's not working in part of, uh, as part of SoFi and everything else. Um, so anyways, that's what I thought. Uh, you know, congratulations to the Ram. Congratulations to the Bengals. Um, felt pretty good about the picks that uh, last week. The week before, I, I, I didn't do so well. So it was good to, to get back on track this week. Yeah, GB, before you go, uh, yeah, I, I definitely had the total right on this game. It was, what, 46? Mm -hmm. They only scored 37. Um, yeah, you know, I was thinking, man, when I saw OBJ being productive with his nine catches and 100 and something yards, I was just like, man, how bad did Baker Mayfield have to be to not be able to use this guy, man? Seriously, because it was like, how do you, I mean, OBJ, I'm, he's not the OBJ from New York, but he's still a good receiver. And Matt Stafford found him. Yeah, he had right. some catches that, yeah. that really, really showed off, yeah. but his hands still work damn right, well. Right, exactly. Right. So for Baker Mayfield not to be able to use this guy, but whatever, GB, what you, uh, what you think? How'd you think about the game? Uh, just quick B last year, the Buccaneers played in their home field to win this, to in the Super Bowl. Rams will be the first team to do it for conference championship. And conference Super Bowl. championship Bowl, yep. So, um, which is interesting because we've never had this happen in whatever 55 <laughs> Super Bowls. And now we're having it back to back, uh, Super Bowls in Vegas in a couple years. So Raiders, <laughs> y'all want to, y'all could keep this up. Um, yeah, I thought, I mean, personally, man, I think I, I get it. I kind of, I think of Stafford did have a good game, 337, two TDs, one pick, but I kind of think of, it's funny. I think of kind of how, like you talk about cousins sometimes where it looks better at the end 
because they were for three quarters, they had seven points. And then the Niners defense seemed to just be tired, like Coop said, and they put up 13 at the end. Now that's, that's what championship teams do. That's what good teams do. That's what you're supposed to do, right? You put it up, but the Niners had them. I mean, uh, I can't remember dude's name uh, who dropped the Tart. pick. It's Tart. Yeah, he had a, I mean, that was, that was a game season right. interception right there that hit him in the hands. Stafford's going to do that for you at least once or yeah. twice a game. We all know that he threw one that would have been two picks game would have been over and he dropped it. It happens. You can't put any, no one play loses you the game. It's the conglomerate of all of them. Yeah. But I thought that was, that was telling too. Um, like you said, they're not running the ball. I, I've always felt like anytime Shanahan, and this is what I said earlier in the, uh, when they were playing the Cowboys, if they get conservative with the play calls, they're going to lose. Yep. Every time. Stick with, like, like Brian said, stick with what you do well, right? They're always the motion, the creativity of plays. You're this great offensive mind. Why are you going back to 1950 run straight up the middle football? He doesn't, you don't need to do that. Um, so, I mean, they lost. I thought Jimmy was, he played solid enough for most of the game. And then he threw, you know, a pick at the end, which was, he was just trying to do something with nothing take the sack and go for fourth and 25, I guess, but kind of the same, you know, the same difference. But I mean, I thought the Niners had a chance to win that game. They did everything. They did everything they were supposed to do to win that game. They kept it close. They had a chance at the end. Um, they were holding Stafford. And then were stopped. I mean, he scored seven points in three quarters. They, they were looking frustrated. They couldn't, they couldn't move the ball. And then at the end, like you said, defensive tired. So yeah, and I, don't, I don't know that I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Jason. No, I was saying Matt Stafford, we could have had a couple of picks, but Jimmy G, on the other hand, he almost threw a couple of picks too, especially one to Ramsey. So both quarterbacks tried to sure. turnovers in. But the thing about the Niners is, and what happens, it's always that end of the third, fourth quarter when Shanahan gets a lead, he just buries everything and wants to rely on the defense for a quarter. And, you know, he has to do some soul searching or something on that. You just can't do it. You have to stay aggressive. The 49ers didn't run the ball well because the Rams were stacking the box. That's what I think maybe bringing a Trey Lance in on those fourth and ones and fourth and twos, do some kind of bootleg. Sure. Give the Rams something different to look at. The Rams sort of knew what was coming. You know, you run Kyle Juice, you know, the fullback up the middle, that gets stuff. It's just, you know, I, I, you know, I, like I said, the Rams played well enough to win this game. I don't think they'll play like this in Super Bowl. I think they'll play better. But the 49ers definitely could have, could have, I would say, still stole this game, but they didn't. Uh, B, what you think? For sure. Yeah. I see it a little bit differently than you guys do. I thought the offense for the Rams actually played quite well. So if you look at it, they had a long drive on their first drive that ended in an interception. Then they had their touchdown uh, on the next drive. The next one after that, they had a nice long drive uh, before having to kick a field goal. That just happened to be missed, right? So they had long drives on offenses, all three, all of which produced opportunities to score. A field goal miss is not on the offense or, or Stafford. Um, one was a touchdown and the other one was a long play where he had an interception on the next one. They had on the next second half, they had downs, a touchdown, a field goal, a field goal, and then the end of the game. So they had scoring opportunities in every single one of their drives. They didn't punt once. Um, and what's that? The second half, they didn't punt once, right? You were talking about, nope. no, they didn't punt once at all. They, they there was turnover on, they had a turnover on downs on their first drive. They didn't punt once at all in the entire game. Okay. Um, whereas in the, the San Francisco 49er offense had their first two drives with punts. I'm looking at it all right now. Their next, uh, they had three punts in the second half. And then they had uh, an interception and in, uh, towards the end of the game. So um, I don't know. I, I don't think that the Rams offense was, it didn't score. It's not, it's not Kansas city. 
Um, but in a game like this, uh, being able to produce opportunities consistently, whether it's getting down into the red zone, of course, don't you want to throw a pick? The next one was a touchdown. The next one was a missed field goal. The next one uh, downs, then it was a touchdown again. Um, and then another field goal, another field goal. Each time that they went down the field, um, they didn't have to punt. The offense was able to get drives, longer drives. And if you look at the time of possession, um, the Rams also dominated that, yeah. which is a stat that, that 49ers right. have won with by, dom by dominating the, the, the clock. Um, I do think that they'll be able to produce some more points um, against a less stiff offense for the Bengals. We'll talk about that next week. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think the offense was, you know, you don't get 337 yards um, and some other things if, if it's if it's really stalling out. And no punts. I mean, I think – How many pass attempts did, did Stafford have? I didn't see. You know how many pass, pass attempts? 45. 45. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, he was checking. 45. You know, when, yeah. you know when I thought we lost this game? It was just like the Super Bowl when we played against Baltimore. Kaepernick threw a 25-yard pass or so to Vernon Davis wide open. It got called back for a legal procedure. First play of the game. I was like, you know what? Yeah, this is not going to be good. <laughs> Same thing happened. I was get the ball. Kittle is wide the hell open. And Jimmy just, just – it just misses him. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's, it's – because the thing is, this is why I'm so hard on quarterbacks. This is why, you know, it's about the Dak Prescotts, the Kirk Cousins, the Ryan Tannehills, Jimmy Garoppolo's. You're not going to get opportunities all game to make those plays. You have to make them. And when you don't make them, it can come bite you in the ass. And, you know, they could have probably could have been seven nothing at that time because, you know, points would have been in a premium at this game. You could use all that you can. Oh, man, easily. He was going to so get a lot of like, yards. You know, yeah, that's why, you know, people say, oh, you don't like this guy. I'm like, the guy's not that. But when the guy consistently doesn't make plays, and to answer your question, Glenn, the guy, I like Jimmy at one point. He was a truck. He was pulling us. Okay. Uh, when he first got there, but there were no expectations. But when the expectations came, when the contract came, and you need to prove that contract in the playoffs, you just didn't get it done. And it just, you know, and it was a pattern, even in the regular season. And that's when I told you guys middle of the year, I'm like, you know what, I'm done with Jimmy. I'm done. I've seen this story play. And I know Brian's never liked him. I, I give you credit for that. But at one point, he was pulling us, man. But now he's become a, a liability. So I think at his best, he was Trent Dilfer. Oh, damn, that's bad. <laughs> it's cold because he's had such a winning record, but a lot of you know, it's a team so game. Dilfer. So. That's the point. Yeah. It's that you know, yeah. And it, if you look at that team, it was great defense, um, a running team, and all Trent did had to do was not make the mistake. And he got a lot of credit, yeah. more credit than he deserved. I, the other example is Joe Flacco, who yeah. got a hundred million dollars after yeah. being a horrible yeah. quarterback, never did nothing, and winning a Super Bowl by accident, basically. Yeah. Uh, he got a hundred million dollar contract with a hundred million dollars was a big deal. Um, anyways, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. yeah it was a tough for the Niner fans. I know a lot of them, I'm in the Bay, so shout out, but it was still, like you said, Coop, it was to me way right. further than you thought it was going to be. They lost four in a yeah, row early we in the season. And it was like our first, I was never thinking it was yeah. NFC championship. Our first so. podcast was us talking about this season was us talking about, um, how bad the Vikings and the 49ers were. And a, a, it was a few weeks before they were, so they were set to play each other. Yeah. And we were like, they could both be yeah. out of the playoff hunt at that point in time. Right. And I, right. and so, um, you know, sure. congrats to them for, for going that deep. Um, they got a lot of soul searching to do 
this offseason. They have to figure out what that identity is. They've got to figure out a way to make Debo, um, you know, give him the opportunity to be what he could be, which is outstanding, right? Yeah. I mean, there's so we'll much see. talent right now. We'll and they need to find figure out who their running Definitely. back is. And that's not to say that Mitchell isn't it. And right. I know, but they've got too many people over there who can't stay upright. Um, and they are so dependent on the running back for their offense that, and they, they can't be the one that they can't be the offense that splits carries amongst three or four guys, because the only way that you can win late in games is to give one guy an opportunity to be the main carrier pound the ball and give them the opportunity to break things open because they need the other team to fear a running back on the 49ers, especially if Garoppolo is going to be there. Oh shit. He's gone. <laughs> but we'll talk about that. Yeah. That, that game that's still like that. I'm yeah. to pay Bosa and Debo extensions, but yeah, we'll talk about that. Later. Yeah. That, yeah. He's gone. So, all right. So yeah, good, good game. So, I mean, Bengals Rams got a good setup. We'll talk about our picks next week, transitioning from that stand in the NFL to the coaching. Right. So we've had, Three coaches hired, I think. The Broncos have a coach. The Giants have a coach. And the Raiders have a coach. Who else? Raiders, Giants, Broncos, Bears. and Bears. And Bears. So, uh, yeah, so let's start with the – yeah, we'll, let's start. I think we go – well, damn, half these teams are in that damn lawsuit. I was going to go that way. Yeah, we'll go with the Raiders first because we're not in the lawsuit yet. But I, I do I, – when, I, when they interviewed Jared Mayo for the head coaching job, I knew that was a rumor interview but anyway um josh mcdaniels is there brian's kind of talked me off the ledge i've watched tons of videos on his offense i've been uh, playing with the patriots playbook on madden um they get josh mcdaniels they get dave ziggler both from the patriots both uh went to the same college both are have been at the patriots for years work relationships so um i guess you know my team i'm interested because you can't really, this is like one of those situations where we're actually a playoff team, right? You had a team that was making some strides. You really can't take a step back. The issue is going to be that we're going to see what they can do in the off season. Additionally, you're going to have a tougher um, schedule than last year, right? Cause now you're a playoff team. So you're going to play teams at the same level. Plus our whole division pretty much is playoff teams. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, for me, the biggest thing is improve the red zone percentage as you were talking brian about the rams moving down the field and having opportunities and not capitalizing all i could think of is us and you lose games you can win games but a couple balls bounce the other way and you lose so that's kind of what i was thinking about so i want to see the the red zone offense improve which they were way better than us the patriots were last year there uh you know red zone scoring etc so we'll see what happens um you know i was kind of anti-josh mcdaniels because of the broncos coaching and all that but that was you know 15 years ago or something he was he was 30 32 years old. Now he's 45. He's been with the Patriots for 18 years. So we'll see. Typically Patriots coaching staff going to another team does not work, but we'll see what happens. So uh, that's kind of what I'm thinking. What do you guys think? Go ahead, B. Take it. So my thoughts are this. I'll, whether this hire works out, we'll find out. And that this is higher for the GM and Josh McDaniels. We're going to see. But I have a lot of respect for the Raiders who knew that they needed to have a cultural shift in that team and at least made an attempt to go out and find the culture that they'd like to emulate and then said, we're going to just hire all of it, right? We're going to take the GM, we're going to take, we're going to take uh, uh, the coach and we're going to give that a shot. It may not work out, 
Um, but at the same time, we, uh, we get to see what could possibly be. Um, they've got a lot of work to do. And it's not just Carr, because I actually think Carr kind of fits a Josh McDaniel uh, run offense. But what are you Agreed. all going to what are you all going to do with Josh Jacobs? Because that's he doesn't fit in an offense run by if you look at Josh Jacobs, would he ever fit in what what was happening with the Patriots? Um, and he fumbles the ball a little too much. Um, so it'll be interesting to see because he's a he's a very good player. Um, but I don't know that he, he fits there and, and the GM's got to figure that out. They also got to figure out how to get people to, to not, uh, not have too much fun in Vegas and, and forget that there's Ubers out there. Um, but, uh, I like the hire. I think it was, I think I have a lot of respect for, for taking the shot and saying, Hey, if there's an organization that we want to try and emulate over the next 10 years, let's call it. Um, that's it. It's, it's, it, clearly tells the fan base you glenn and the rest of the the raider fans we're serious about this um you know we're trying to get away from this gruden uh disaster we're trying to go and look for something different uh and you know we'll see if it works i i don't necessarily think that um mcdaniels is bad i don't you know remember that bill belichick used to coach in cleveland um sometimes the second shot it goes a long way but uh, we'll hopefully uh, hopefully it'll all work out for you guys. Uh, you know, I, I I don't necessarily root for the team. It's not my favorite team, but I I, I would like to see them um, be better, um, just so that kind of parity in the league can be restored and, and a good Raiders team is good for the NFL. Like it. Um. Yep. So I didn't think Josh McDaniel was ever going to leave New England. I thought he was just going to wait it out. And when he took the Raiders job. The first thing I thought of myself is I don't think he believes in Mac Jones. I think that ceiling is very low. And I think he he knows that he's not going to, you know, get any type of – I'm not saying get close to Brady's success, but I don't know. But Mac Jones, I don't know, he's just a limited quarterback. And maybe he figured if he goes somewhere else, he'd get a more talented quarterback. And I think Derek Carr is more talented than Mac Jones. Uh, so at least he has a starting point. Um, I when, I when I think of McDaniels and I think of the Raiders – I don't know if that's a good fit. It might work out. It just doesn't seem like that's a, a Raider fit in Las Vegas. Um, you know, like Brian said, I don't know how he's going to rein in players in Las Vegas or how much respect he's going to command from those players in the locker room. It will see. Uh, is the NFL better when the Raiders are better? Yeah, they are. And, uh, you know, as an overall football fan, you kind of want the Raiders to be good. So you can kind of either love them or hate them. But, uh, you know, do I know how it's going to work out? No, I don't. I don't think anybody does, but we'll just have to, it's just a wait and see type of thing. I, I just don't think that's a Raider fit type of hire. When you look at Raider coaches, it's just, you know, yeah, he seems like a Raider guy and Josh McDaniels. I don't know, but like Brian said, I see why the Raiders uh, hired him and the other guy, um, you know, who you want to emulate, you want to emulate the Patriots. Cause you know, they've had a lot of success. A lot of that has to do with, you know, having the right coach and right quarterback, but, uh, but we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. Only you, Jason, can take a hiring, a guy taking a, a massive promotion and lots of money to run his own team with someone he knows and say that it's a, uh, it's a, uh, a conversation about Mac Jones. Does that no. have nothing to do with Mac no. Jones, man? No, I, no uh, I really thought he was waiting out for that New England job. I really did. I thought he was going to stay there forever. I think, I think, you, I, I agree with you. I thought he was probably going to wait, wait it out too and take over the, the Patriots job. But at the same time, um, 
you know, there's a lot of money to be made as an yeah. NFL head coach. Yeah. Um, he got a heck of a lot more power than he'll ever be able to get in, uh, in New England. Um, and, and Josh McDaniels personality wise is probably a little bit more Vegas than it is New England. Um, it is Boston. Like, you know, he seems like a, 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 a person who will enjoy that atmosphere. Bill Belichick wasn't about that. No, he, no, he, he likes to, yeah. he likes to go and, and hide in a hole. But anyway, McDaniels, we'll yeah, McDaniels plays himself as a family guy. So we'll see. Um, like you guys said, I think you guys make some good points. Uh, we'll see what happens. So bears hired, um, Matt Eberflus, I don't even know who that is. If you guys have any <laughs> statements about it, cool. I have nothing to say because I don't know who do this. Yeah, I'll just see what Mr. happens. Bears, I'm not really worried about that team. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, well, I'll say this: I, I worry about them because they're in the the, the division. I'm <laughs> yeah. glad that they. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I'm glad that they they hired this guy because I don't think that he is going to change the the team. I mean, you know, the Indianapolis Colts are not they're good defense. Um, but I don't think anybody was sitting there going, they were the reign of terror and they're going to change the, the, uh, the, the, the team around. Um, and then Jason, you and I were talking about this a while ago, even if he's successful in finding an offensive coordinator and turning that, that offense around, all he's going, all that's going to happen is that guy's going to leave yep. and then the offense is going to stink again. Yep. It's, it's, it is just easier right now to find a defensive coordinator who will stick um, the, because of the nature of the game than it is to find a great offensive coordinator who can turn around an offense that has just been rough for a really long time for anybody who's been a bear fan, bears fan. Um, and, and that's a, that's a, that's going to be, it's going to be a lot. So the good news is if I had to pick one of these four picks that I think will not work out and will probably be the worst of these four, not saying it couldn't be okay. Um, I'd say that this is the one that kind of just doesn't make sense. And, and maybe he interviewed really well. I don't know. But Yeah, and I'm already on record that Justin Fields is going to be a bust. So in my mind, he doesn't have a quarterback. So, you know, I don't, I don't think the Bears are going to be too successful. But right. you know, that's all I have to say on it. Yeah. The um, next up, the Broncos, who actually I'm just seeing, they're actually up for sale now too, which is interesting. Um, I know that part. Yeah, put up for sale yesterday. Um, interesting. So – We'll see what happens there. There's some talk of Robert Smith bidding on the team, Morehouse graduate, billionaire. Uh, last I read, he wasn't going to, and I was hoping that was just smoke screens. But we'll see because that could be the first black owner potentially, but I'm not holding my breath. Um, if the league wanted to try and get up, out from up under this lawsuit, though. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so they hired Nathaniel Hackett. He's from the pack, of the, from the Packers. People thinking that he's trying to get um, – Devonte and Aaron Rodgers, which I hope is not the case because I don't want them in my division with Herbert and then Mahomes and then Rodgers. Um, but yeah, so that's who they picked Hackett and they're picking up some other guys too. Um, so kind of what you guys have any thoughts on that? I'm, I'm going to be real quick with this B. Um, I heard that he blew them away in an interview. I think that's bullshit. I think maybe he promised he can get Aaron Rodgers there and that's why he got the job. That's just personally yeah. what I don't think this guy is all this and all that, like they're trying to uh, they're trying to make it seem. Uh, so I think Aaron Rodgers is going there. I'm just calling my shot right now. What do you think, B? So tell me when you've heard this story. The Denver Broncos hire personnel and ultimately try and bring a quarterback in his last few years <laughs> to Denver to try and go for a Super Bowl. 
oh wait, this is exactly what they've done the last time that they had a really good team. Um, I don't, he could have very well blown him away. Um, the Packers offense has been really good. Um, you know, Nathaniel Hackett could be a very good coach, but I also think that there was an element of, Hey, you hire me and there's at least a good chance that we're going to be able to make a trade or find a way to get Devonte Adams and, or Aaron Rodgers here. And they said those two things in, 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 in the unison really makes this a, a no brainer. We're going to take our shot because they haven't had success with free agents independent of what they did with Peyton Manning, which was a very similar type of play. Um, so, so I, I, I agree with you, Jason. I think that there was definitely some conversation. And at some point in time, he said, look, I'm not, if I were him, I would say, I'm not promising this. Right. But your, your chances are way better with me than without me. Uh, <laughs> and so, man, you know, I, let's make this happen. I'd have been in the interview like, oh, excuse my phone. Oh, man, that's Aaron. He is so crazy. <laughs> this boy is wild. But yeah, we'll see what happens, man. I don't, I mean, if I'm, I think Aaron Rodgers is actually more important than Devontae in that situation. Uh, because they have a couple receivers and Aaron Rodgers is, is the, the truck in that situation. Um, but additionally, if I'm Aaron Rodgers and you're on your last, you're trying to make it easy. I try and go to the saints or something where it's going to be an easier road to get to the playoffs, but whatever. Uh, hopefully Aaron hears that and stays away from the Broncos. You're like, what I want is, I noticed you picked the saints. That's an NFC team, right? Right. right oh right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm yeah, just saying it's, it's an easy. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, but. You know who they play? They play the Panthers. They play the Falcons. They play the Bucks, yeah. and the Bucks are no Brady. So I mean, if, if it's wanna... going to be a trade, it will be to an AFC team. There is no way the Packers want to see. Oh I mean, sure. Well, you wouldn't see history, him unless he got to you. the playoffs. Yeah. Far really wanted to go to Minnesota initially, and where did they put him? The Jets. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, forty-seven million dollar cap hit. Denver can absorb that yeah. and give him a receiver. One there of the few go. teams that can. Oh, can. Okay, well, good. That'll be, it'll make the, the division fun. And we'll see what McDaniels can do for real, real quickly. Um, and then the last coach hired was Brian Dable uh, from the Bills and he goes to the Giants. Uh, so we can talk about him and then we'll talk about straight into the, the lawsuit. B, go okay, ahead. I'll, yeah, I'll talk real quickly about Dable. I don't think this was a bad hire. I mean, the Buffalo Bills offense and the work that he's been able to do with Josh Allen and the respect that Josh Allen had for him and was open about um, made it very understandable that uh, the Giants would want him to come there. We're going to talk about why it was effed up that they did it the way that they did it. But ultimately going and interviewing somebody who has a world-class offense that just had an outstanding season, two years with one of the top-rated quarterbacks um, in the NFL. Um, just had a, an epic battle game where you know um, against Kansas City, where it was all offense. There's a lot of good reasons to understand why Dable was a good choice to be a head coach. Do I think he's going to have success in the Giants? That has more to do with the Giants than it does about with Dable. Um, but I can understand that. Now we'll talk about in a moment why the Giants messed up in a very major way 
and and I hope that they uh, they suffer a lot of consequences. But anyways, uh, Jason, if you want to talk about you know the Dable portion of the game, yeah, I, yeah, just real quick, yeah, I I agree with you. I don't think that's a bad hire at all. I think with the problem with the Giants though, they're going to have to strip the whole offense. That means get rid of the quarterback. I've never been a Saquon Barkley guy. I know you are. I would say get rid of him. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to get rid of all those offensive pieces. Maybe keep Andrew Thomas and maybe a receiver, and that's it. Because that that team with that quarterback is is just not what it is. So. Uh, like you said, the success of the Giants is going to be pretty much on the Giants, and I agree with the way the Giants handled it, which we will talk about shortly. But uh, but yeah, I agree. I think that's a good hire. I think Dable Dable's definitely qualified. Yeah, yeah. No, when everyone was talking about Saquon Barkley, I was saying that Dalvin Cook was better. Oh, um, okay. so I was a big fan of Cook, and then a dude from Kansas City uh, who ended up who ended up in Cleveland. Um, but those Kareem were the Hunt. yeah, uh, Kareem Hunt. Thank you. Um, those were the guys. And then now like Mixon of that, that age group, obviously Jonathan Taylor is, is next level, but, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't, we weren't talking about him then. Right. Yeah, definitely. So transitioning into, um, coach Brian Flores, who's the NFL for discrimination and hiring practices, which we've all seen multiple times and knew it was a thing, but he actually got stood, got in front of it and put his face as the, as the, um, you know, the image of it. And I respect him majorly for this, um, no, no doubt about it, but Sue's the league. Sue's uh, mentions a couple of teams, including the Broncos, who says when he came in for an interview, they didn't look like they were taking it serious. They had been out drinking from the looks of it. Felt like it was a, an interview just to say they, you know, interviewed a minority candidate. Um, the Giants, he gets a text from Bill Belichick that uh, says, hey, heard you landed the job. Congratulations. And he says, like, uh, you know, thanks, coach. I think I have a chance. But are you talking to me or are you talking to Brian Dable? He's like, oh, my bad. Uh, which is, you know, the irony of this is an old guy not use, knowing how to use a cell phone is what causes this whole blow up. But he, um, yeah, so he mentions that. And then it, Brian Flores now goes to interview, but under the assumption maybe he has a chance, but really they've already selected their coach is what, is what the impression was. And the Giants say, that's not what happened. You know, we, we took all the candidates serious, et cetera. So I saw you shake your head, B, what's up? I was going to say, I read the text messages a different way. I think Brian, Bill Belichick knew who he was text messaging, and he read Brian and not the second name and thought that it was Brian Flores that was getting hired and texted Brian Flores in purpose. And then when he, when uh, Flores said, hey, did you mean me or, or Dable? Um, because he hadn't interviewed yet, he went back and looked and said, oh, it is Dable. My, you know, my bad. I really screwed this whole thing up. Um, I don't think he thought he was texting uh, 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 Dable. I think he knew he was texting Flores because Flores worked with him. You know, they were they uh, Flores thought, came from. I thought Dale did. Um, the, Dable was there too, but I, I don't think he, I don't think that was. I don't think he made a mistake in who he was texting. I think he made a mistake in what he was reading. Um, still, old guys not reading. Oh, I see uh, what you're saying. I see what you're saying. So he, yeah, okay. So he thought Flores he read the text from whoever he got it from in Buffalo and and the. Um, you know, mm. Buffalo and the Giants, and and it was the, um, yeah. So anyway, mm. but I understand. I, I what? Yeah, one way or the way. One way yeah, yeah, yeah. Got, Fair enough. It got confused. It got confused um, and turned to a lawsuit. Yeah. So what do you guys? I mean, what do you guys? What do you guys think about this, Brian? You're the. You, I'll go first, I guess. Um, in law. So I'll split. I'll, I'm going to split this up into two things because there's the, the the lawsuit, and then there's what actually happened. Um, and um, unfortunately, lawsuits and what actually happened don't necessarily um, collide. 
so when it comes to what actually happened, this is just so messed up. And if anybody who's been listening to our podcast for since the beginning, um, you know, a couple of years ago, you'll remember some very, very heated comments by me about how jacked up the NFL is when it comes to race. You know, the NBA has always handled it much, much better. And the NFL just sucks. And they treat, they treat minorities like crap. And the Rooney rule has always been a fraud. Um, and it's, it's absolutely ridiculous that they, they do that. Now, that's not to say that the Rooney rule wasn't created from the right place, um, you know, as to try and give people an opportunity. But they created it in a way that allowed for teams to find ways to circumvent it. And teams have circumvented it consistently. And every year we talk about some coach who, who went and did the, the, the tour knowing full well that they were never once real considerations. And people would sit there and argue, well, but then you get an opportunity to interview and you should be happy with that so that you can build it for when you have a real opportunity, you can go in there with that. For all of us who have been on the other end of an interview where you knew you were being interviewed um, uh, and not taken seriously because of the tint in your skin, uh, we all know that that whole you get practice BS is for the birds. So, you know, F the Giants for, for what they did here. You know, it was clear and obvious. And they could have very easily have shut the hell up and said, you know, we don't, and said nothing until after they had gotten to the point where they'd interviewed the candidates. They could have scheduled, you know, Brian Flores sooner if possible. He was doing the tour, so it might have been difficult. Um, and I have respect for Brian, Brian Flores for being the face, as Glenn has mentioned so many times. Um, I watched his multiple in-person interviews today. He was on ESPN. He was on CNN. I thought he looked like somebody who was genuine in his concern about the problem. Yep. I thought he came off as sincere and real. I don't think that he comes off as looking like he's, you know, trying to score a big payday. And he's not going to get one. Um, I, I thought that he, when he said, I felt embarrassed because this information was out about me um, and my kids saw it and it hurt when I found out that, you know, I wasn't a serious candidate in these opportunities that um, I should have been. And, and, you know, like I said, I, I just said, Brian Dable is a fine, a fine coach, but the way the giants handled it, they should, they should suffer on the, the lawsuit side. I don't trust this, these, this law firm. They've got 12 attorneys, six partners, six associates. Um, they have a long history of taking these types of lawsuits and, and whether they win or lose, the one person who wins is the law firm because they're going to get tons of billable hours and publicity for stuff that's more real. If I personally had a, an employment lawsuit that I needed to wage against an employer, I would go to this law firm because they have a great track record in history but they do not have enough people and firepower to take on th uh, three or four NFL organizations who are all going to go to big law law firms and the NFL who's going to go to the biggest of big law law firms and just crush them. And so what this ultimately is going to end up being for Brian Flores is he's going to be on the news a lot, going to talk a lot. And then when it time comes time to get court, they're going to get crushed. And that's just a reality of a 12 person law firm going up against 
the Lathams or the Kirklands or any of these others. And, and, and it's just messed up. The other thing is, I don't know that he should have sued um, the NFL. Uh, and it's not because the NFL was right or wrong. Um, I just feel like if he had gone to the NFL and said, hey, I'm going to be suing these teams because they're not following your rules to the letter. And I'd like you to understand that this is not about the rule that you created, um, but I need to see improvement in the process and your enforcement of it. They could have got a partner and they could have gotten, and he could have made real impact on the giants who are the, the real target here. And, you know, they don't have anything. I, I read three quarters of the 58 page manifesto that uh, the law firm sent around as the complaints. Um, they don't have anything on, um, on uh, the, the Broncos. Uh, he just didn't get hired there. Um, and we already talked about why, it, you know, unless he was able to deliver Aaron Rodgers, it wasn't going to happen. Um, so I think that this lawsuit is probably, it might yield some type of settlement where he gets a little bit of money that money will not be enough because he has just lost a very long career. I am happy for him. I hope he lands well. Um, he deserves everything about it. The Giants were wrong. Um, the, the way that this process has been bastardized for a, a decade now um, or more is, is wrong, but it, it just, I don't think it's going to work out the way he, ho he wants it to. And that's, not his fault it's the legal system's fault and it's also um yeah i don't know that he understands um how these these lawsuits work when you go and get a celebrity and fame hungry 12-person law firm to go up against some behemoths like the nfl and three teams jason so brian i agree with a lot of what you said uh, same time i do support uh, Brian Flores, because this is based off personal experience. He's not having other people, lawyers and girlfriends doing his bidding for him. He's doing all of his bidding himself. Uh, like you said, I don't think suing the NFL is actually the way to go. Uh, I said the same thing with the, with the whole Kaepernick situation. It would been best for both of them to actually go to the NFL first and see what change or something that could have evolved from having a conversation. And But to just attack the NFL like that, a lot of times, well, I think maybe all of the time, it just doesn't always work out well or how people think it's going to work out in the end. Um, you know, you heard a lot through the Kaepernick, uh, you know, situation here, a lot here, Brian Flores, oh, this is going to rock the NFL and bring him to his knees and blah, blah, blah. I don't believe none of that is going to happen. But at the same time, I do hope that everything works out for Brian Flores because he's not only standing up for himself, but all the other guys who've been passed over. Uh, the Rooney rule, we've talked about it a lot. I never liked it. I mean, I understand why it's there, but I don't like it because that you have to put a rule like that in just to give somebody else a chance to coach a damn football team. It's just football. Uh, when you look at all the coaches of all these teams, it's not random that all these guys are hired. I mean, you trying to tell me you can't find, what, five or six, maybe eight, ten qualified minorities to coach a football team? I mean, I just don't believe, you know, that's possible. I'm um, sure there's a lot of qualified people out there, but for some reason, whether it's, you know, comfortable color, I don't know. They just hire these, like what I call retreads or guys who've already proven what they are and they keep giving them shot and time after time and time again. Um, 
Brian, you pretty much said everything. Like I said, I support Flores. Um, I hope it works out, but I think the NFL can actually get rid of this by offering him a coaching job with a, uh, you know, with some with some NFL franchise. There's still some open positions. Uh, I think if they gave him a job, I think this kind of goes away, and I actually think that that might happen. I think some team is going to give him a job, but I don't want to take too long going to Glenn. What you think? Um, I'm I'm looking at actually I'm seeing my friends post about it too. So shout out to the HBCU network, you know, uh, Jason to a Howard alum, a Morehouse, Brian. Um, I actually went to Morehouse too, after talking to Brian too, Brian was there for a bit. So I mentioned that to mention that a lot of, I'm looking at it. I'm seeing my friends who are lawyers, uh, attorneys, et cetera, mentioning how uh, kind of to Brian's point, this law firm, uh, small and they have no black attorneys on staff. Not one. So they were saying how, as they mentioned, you know, as they're reading kind of the comments that Brian mentioned, I haven't read it, but like the stuff they're saying is not something that any black attorney would have, have allowed to be printed. So, um, I mean, hopefully, you know, sometimes, especially in this, in this current era where like clout and um, attention sometimes equal the best, you know what I mean? Maybe you're not, maybe just the attention that this brings and the, may cause something. I don't know. To Brian's point, it doesn't sound like this law firm has the, they don't have, they don't have the skill to do what's, what they're saying they're going to do here. Um, but we'll see what happens. I mean, We've known about this for years. It's always been a running joke. There's never been more than I think like three, maybe four black coaches ever at one time, you know, in the league. Right now it's only Mike Tomlin. Uh, we know how it goes. I think it's, you know, it's it's funny, but you know, people hire who people who look like them. It's always kind of kind of been like that. So it's funny though, because you just you keep getting the same thing when you do that. You can Brian Flores was a good coach because you took a chance. And they still try to sabotage him and he won. And I knew when he said that Steven, that he said the owner was paying him to tank, basically. I'll give you $100,000 for every game you lose because he wanted, which is funny, he wanted Joe Burrow. But Brian Flores was still winning those games. And I knew they were trying to tank because they traded away anybody of value on that team while he was coaching there. And I'm like, why would you do this? They traded everybody away who had any value and he still was winning games. And I've said multiple times throughout the thing, just from being a fan of the game, like this dude can coach. He took us to the to the brink multiple times. His quarterbacks have been like what Brissett and Tua and I mean Jason Yarn saying I can't win with the quarterback and he's done it. So yeah. it's obvious that he has some legs in what he's saying. He's clearly capable and they're not hiring. This is what they do, but I just hope that it turns into something. I don't know that it will. Typically it doesn't in these situations. When you you know put put a league like the NFL put their back against the wall, typically they don't do what you think they should. Um, they might do some more in racism shirts or something. Yeah, I think Peter King said, um, yeah, it was one of his articles I read, I think, last week, and I think he said 2017 or 18, there were seven black head coaches in the NFL, and I think now it's only, what, Mike Tomlin and maybe Sala, and then Rivera is the only minority. Tomlin's coach. the only black. Sala and Rivera count as minority candidates. Minority candidates. Yeah, so there's three, which I think is ridiculous, too. Why do we say minorities? That's, that's... Yeah, right. Well, yeah, yeah, and so Peter King wrote about that as well. He, he, don't, he doesn't understand. I mean, like I said, it's just you're coaching football. Just hire the best guy for the damn job. But the NFL is an old boys club that has their players over. There's no player power in the NFL. We've talked about this. I think players should honor their contracts in almost every single sport, except for the NFL. Anytime someone decides to sit out or do whatever, I always say that because you can get thrown out at any point in time, not paid for any reason, Unless your name is Kirk Cousins, you're not getting guaranteed money, no matter how many times the word guarantee is written in your yeah, contract. He was smart. Um, and it, it's just a, a darn shame. And it's 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 been a real problem. 
Um, we've been talking about it. I think Brian Flores is the only one who's had the audacity to basically say, look, this could very well end my career, but I'm going to take this shot and see how it goes. Um, you know, the Wigner law firm, I don't know why I'm talking too much trash about them, but I, when you look up their, their website, like it's all, you know, they did the Harvey Weinstein thing. It's not hard to do a Harvey Weinstein, be the Harvey Weinstein lawyer, go against Harvey Weinstein lawyers because everybody knows he was doing it. So it's just a matter of everybody lining up and getting their settlements. When you actually have to go to work and prove a case, like you don't have dead to rights, which this is that, you don't have them, the other places dead to rights. It's a, a whole different ball game. Yeah, pretty standard. So we'll see what happens and we'll we'll continue to talk about this as it goes because I don't think this is gonna go away. Um, I think it was it was cool that he did it now um, and not during Super Bowl week. So he at least gave them that 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 love. But I mean, best of luck to Brian Flores. I, like I said, I think he'd be great in college or whatever, because I think typically what we've seen is a brother, black woman, black man, whoever you stand up against this kind of stuff, typically they don't say, Okay, you know, we understand. Here, here's your job typically you're out forever. So uh, that's pretty much it for, for those. We'll, we'll continue to monitor this, but uh, last segment of the show, minute to win it. Mine is really just a shout out to Brian Flores, man. I, I respect it majorly. I respect his coaching work and I respect him, you know, even though I might've done things differently, that's true for every single thing that anyone does. Um, I probably would have done things maybe a little bit differently, but I respect that he, he is doing it period. So that's, that's my, my minute. I don't know. Either y'all can go. Yeah, I got one. I, I'm giving my shout out to D'Amico Ryan's defense coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, he's done a lot with a little injuries, rookies, you know, guys going out hurt before the season started. And he did a tremendous job, especially in the second half of the season. I think his best move was benching Josh Norman, but he did a lot of uh, great moves uh, as well. You know, played you know well against the Rams, um, considering the situation. Offense wasn't doing too much in the postseason, and he kind of his defense helped. Um, you know, keep the 49ers in the game, but also he turned down a second interview with the Minnesota Vikings because he had enough um, self-awareness to realize, hey, he's only been a defense coordinator one year. He's not ready to jump into a head coaching position. He was going to stay with the 49ers and get a little more seasoning, get a little bit better before he gets that head coaching position, which I, I think he will get. Um, so shouts out to him for just having self-awareness and not jump into the next job. Uh, to potentially, you know, have a high chance to fail because you haven't had experience in what he's doing right now and for keeping the 49ers defense together. So just shout out to Miko Ryan. Uh, I'm going to say, so we just had signing day recently um, for, for college football. And I haven't seen, a, it's been a long time since I've seen a coach have the impact that Lincoln Riley has had for USC and their ability to get, candidates to come uh players to come to their that school and yet when it came to the recruiting class time um usc was ranked 52nd and that was absolutely an f you to lincoln riley for stealing all of those players from all those different places uh because they're not 52nd maybe they're not one but they're not behind the virginia cavaliers um who only got one espn uh espn top 300 commit uh, to the uh, to the Trojans four, um, they're not behind the Hawkeyes and the Northwestern Wildcats and the Minnesota Golden Gophers, who I love and root for all the time. Texas Tech Raiders, like it is obscene how much it seems like the NCAA just does wants to stick it to SC at every point in time. 
Um, there'll be a recruiting scandal of some sort at some point in time to try and do it, to, uh, to try and stick it to them. But anyways, I just thought that was amusing and it happened recently. So I thought I would talk about that, but they're not the 52nd when they go and get Link, the, one of the best coaches, the uh, Caleb Williams, who is one of the best quarterbacks um, available and a, a number of other top players. Uh, and yet they got 52nd. So that's it. We're done. We're done. We appreciate y'all for listening. Thanks. That's our show. Sports Counterpoints Podcast. Thank you all. Later. Peace.